Hello and welcome to another episode of the Five at the Back Soccer Podcast. I am Charles here with Kyle, Eric, Scott, and Jen is going to be joining us in a little bit. Uh, Christian is out this evening. He apparently was called back to the uh, the homeland. Uh, something he was about, deported. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to use a nicer term and say something about the queen beckoned him for some sort of sponge bathing activities or something. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, sure. Deported. That works. That works as well. But, yeah, you know uh, how the South Koreans have mandatory military duty. Yeah, each each uh, each English person has to give her one sponge bath. One sponge bath, and it's Christian's turn. It is. Best, best of luck to you, sir. All right. Well, <clears throat> kicking off today, uh, we had a we had a bit of a, a final last weekend. Uh, kind of an important match between um, some teams that are not as important as the rest of them. Uh, just kidding, guys. Just kidding. Uh, Chelsea played Liverpool for the FA Cup final. Uh, so take it away, Chelsea and Liverpool, gentlemen. Sure, I'll I'll start because I wasn't here last week. So uh, yeah, so Chelsea played Liverpool in the FA Cup final. Same matchup as we had uh, about a month ago in the League Cup final. Ended the same way as the League Cup final. 120 minutes, uh, no score between the two. Both teams had a lot of really good chances. Chelsea had a lot of really good chances that Pulisic couldn't put away. Um, And it went to penalties. Um, Actually, a really good penalty shootout. Um, It had a lot of drama. Um, uh, Liverpool ended up winning on penalties. Um, So that makes four games that Chelsea and Liverpool have played this year. Uh, No games have been won in regular time both games that could go to extra time did and then the penalties so what can you do uh penalties is a crap shoot um i thought both teams deserved to have a chance to win and liverpool just got the better of us in penalty shootout so eric before you start i got a question for kyle uh kyle why uh why do chelsea keep handing liverpool uh trophies they don't deserve because they have to live on merseyside you got to give them something. They have to go back. They have to go back to Liverpool each day. So. I would almost rather do that than watch another one of your matches. <laughs> <laughs> I, get, I thought that made the um, the Liverpool Spurs Champions League final look exciting. I was like, oh my god, please end. Oh, well, thirty were, more minutes. There were there were spurs where it was exciting in the first like fifteen. We missed a bunch of chances, and there's times that Chelsea made run. They missed a bunch of chances and. I, I kind of knew after about 70, I'm like, this is destined to extra time and maybe a, maybe a penalty kick, man. I just, I had a gut feeling and, you know, like Kyle said, we well, guys have been around the game longer than I have. It's just a crap shoot. Um, there was a, a thread going on and some sports psychologists breaking down what Klopp did versus what, you know, Tuchel did. But even that is can mitigate maybe a little fraction of it. And it just comes down to execution. And um, I thought we were, I was watching a supporters club and I was, I hung hanging my head almost crying when I uh, saw Mane miss because I thought Mane was going to end it and he did not. And I thought Chelsea was going to take it after that. But like I said, it's a crap shoot. It's football. And uh, we were just lucky enough to come out on top that day. So All that all that sports scientists, quote unquote, did was give another reason for people to circle Jer- Jurgen Klopp. There's no there's no psychology behind what you do in the pen lead up in professional sports. Both teams knew who were taking the shots when penalties started. That was just another thing for people, another subjective thing for people to say, oh, look at Klopp. Oh, he's the best. Oh. Sign me up. Love it. It happens happens when you win. 
But yeah. uh, Eric, I got a question for you, just like I had for Kyle. Uh, why can't Liverpool win a game against a real team in real time? I don't know. <laughs> Solid we answer. Can't, uh, we can't. We can't hit the. We can't hit the woodwork. I don't know. We can't convert our chances. Very wasteful, even though we have, you know, some of the top scorers in the league. For whatever reason, they just, uh, you know, can't get it done. But it doesn't bother me. We're in a good position, and we'll see how it shakes out. So. Well, we already saw how it shook out. You guys won. <laughs> I'm talking about the rest of the season. Oh. The last league game and then the Champions League final. Go City. You Go are, you're, facing a, you're facing a Madrid team that knows how to score the goals. So uh, oh, they do. you guys better yes. figure that out. They also know how to give them up. So. <laughs> Kyle, we don't, we, don't, we don't talk about that here. Well, Madrid, Madrid knows how to convert a penalty. So, Hey, we know That's how to convert true. penalties. It's when we get to the penalty shootout that we have a little bit of an issue. True. You know how backwards that sounds, right? Yeah, I do. <laughs> but I'm going to roll with it. So, Awesome. All right. Well, I, mean, it was, I didn't watch the game, and it sounds like I didn't miss much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a good game overall. Look, it was for a game that had no goals in regulation and extra time. It was a decent game. Mm-hmm. But if, you're, if you weren't a fan of either team, you didn't miss anything. <clears throat> yeah. It's not one of those neutral games where people are like, you know, that was a really good game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's only if you were a fan of those two teams were you okay with that uh, 120 minutes. Right. I'll tell you who really missed something in this game was Pulisic. That was just sad. Bro. And then, and then, he, miss, and then he carried oh, it over today. Oh, my God. He's, he's got the Verners. I mean, that miss today was just and diabolical. What's, cra- what's, what's crazy is every other part of his game right now is on fire. Oh, he's, he's getting in the right spots. His runs, his passing, his vision, everything Guys. is great. His finishing is terrible. Guys, he's saving it for the World Cup. Relax. Let's, well, let's, let, let's is, let him score for re- a real team. Okay. He's, he's making the runs and then he gets the runs when he gets his chance. He does. He does. <laughs> he does. Oh, <laughs> uh, nice. <laughs> All right. So let's carry that over into a little discussion of some of the games that we've seen uh, this past week. Liverpool had a, had a bit of a scare. Eric, what happened? I don't know. I didn't see the match. I was waiting for Jen. Oh, we're waiting for that. <laughs> no, okay. but uh, no, seriously, uh, seriously though, I, I some of these uh, I told you some of these uh, afternoon matches are kind of tough because especially the two forty five a little bit earlier start. I'm coming out of school, driving home. Um, I saw the second half. Um, they got uh, a goal within five minutes. I think he scored. And it's a guy that scored maybe one goal all year. Um, wasn't really impressive. It's kind of defensive lapse kind of happened and. And uh, we moved on from there, and, and uh, Minamino, Minamino's done a really good job this year. I was kind of hard on him last year, but he's one, one of our uh, younger players, uh, 24, um, scored 11 goals so far against all competitions. He's the great the League Cup, scored the most goals in the FA Cup. And you know what really pisses me off is during the FA Cup when we won, apparently Klopp is mad during his press conference. He didn't give us enough medals, and Taki didn't get one. I'm like, come on, give the guy a medal, you know? But uh, he scored a goal against Strauss even at 1-1. And then Matip had a header at about 67 minutes that just curled in the, 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 right, um, the right corner there of the net. And we were able to put it to bed uh, after that for a 2-1 win. And it was a little, it was a little bit of a scare. The fighting hats and huddles almost had us, but uh, we pulled one out. Well, you guys had to rotate a little bit, though, right? I mean, it yeah, wasn't exactly. A, finally. We had nine, nine changes, yeah. Total changes, yeah. So some, played. Some yeah, yeah, on you. Played. I wonder if Klopp had something to say about that. Oh, what, wait, he did. Yeah. Oh, don't do this. The changes? Look, I had to listen to it last Beware week. Beware of dog. <laughs> I will say this. Minamino is your best bench player. 
Yeah, I would agree this year. Yeah. Far better than and, Diaz. Yeah, and there's – well, I don't know about that, but – Far there's, better. Yeah, okay. pretty obvious, honestly. But. Yeah. And there's rumblings he may go to another club. So, it's – it's we win either way because I like, I like the guy personally. Um, he's developing his game. I like to see him get more playing time and even develop hopefully even a little bit more and just have a good career. But if not, I want to see him in a rotation, a little bit more regularity next year and, and – we get a, like I said, we get a good bench player. So either way it plays out, we'll see. But so if you guys yeah. lose, if you guys lose him, that means you're losing two strikers. What what are you guys going to do? Are you going to replenish that? More than two. More than two. Origi, oh, oh. Going to oh, yeah, Origi. Uh, I forgot about Origi. Yes. And then yeah, one of Salah and Mane. Mane is going. And Mane. Where's Mane going? Essentially Salah. Possibly to, to PSG. Possibly oh, to. I'll, uh, believe uh, I'll, believe I'll believe it. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> There, there have been some weird stories about him. I, I, you know, when you see these bizarre things like once in a while, you're like, okay, that's dumb. Like, because all you hear about money is good things, right? Like he has the broken iPhone because he's cheap right. and doesn't want to waste money, and he gives all his money to the school, like build schools in Africa, and then, like, it's all good, and he's quiet and unassuming. And then you hear, I think it was last week or the week before, there's uh, like decently sourced stuff where he, he's irritated that they're spending so much time on the Salah contract and now he wants to move. When you hear that, you're like, okay, that doesn't fit his character. I didn't see any and of that. It's a bunch of crap. Uh, okay. I, I, I read it from somebody that I've read get stuff right. So, and then there was another one that said he was frustrated and was looking to move the next week. I was like, well, the first one, I mean, could be agent games. The second one could be too, but like, you know, the more smoke you see, eventually there might be something there. It just didn't fit his character. I thought it was strange. That's what I'm saying. That's why, that's why I'd say it's full of crap. It doesn't fit but what good, we good know people about change jobs too, Eric. I mean, I, at the end of the day, that is what it is. And if he doesn't feel valued, even somebody, Mother Teresa would leave if if, if she felt like she wasn't getting, you know, obviously not Mother no, Teresa. That's a terrible no, example, saying, but no, I'm not, it's not a I'm character not flaw. She never would have gone to Liverpool in the first place. I'm not. No, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying I'll believe it when I see it. Right now, I'm choosing not to believe it, but when, if it comes through, then it comes true. But I, I just don't... Let me just say, I'm not attacking the man's character. It is not a character flaw to leave jobs. So I don't want Liverpool people coming after Honestly, me for I would saying see bad it. things. That's I would see it as a character. Seminoles, C-O-Y Seminoles. Yes, please butcher it. Please butcher it. It's a good show of character if he wants to leave Liverpool, honestly. That's true. Uh, Eric, I can't. I really can't blame you for the uh, the putting the blinders on and just you know wait until the very end. It's uh, you know one of the one of the doubt. Honestly, one of the serious downsides of being a successful team is that rumors are abound, always. Like you have every one of your players is linked with a move away. Every player who's available is linked with you know a transfer in, and <clears throat> a lot of it's just noise. So I mean, you know, you know what's gonna happen? He's gonna show up with like an iPhone 14 Max. <laughs> Like massive uh, earrings. The, the un, yeah, <laughs> he's gonna stay at Liverpool, turn into a douchebag. That's what he's gonna do. Yeah, I think I think that's that's probably more accurate. I'll wait till I see. Uh, here we go with Fabrizio reporting it. They were in, they were in business. But. All right. You sure you don't want to trust Indy Calia? Uh, I've learned my lesson, buddy. I've been burnt too many times with friggin' Indy. No, I'm gonna pass. All right. So then, uh, in addition. Uh, Still waiting. Final weekend title race comes down. Uh, City still have to haven't closed it out yet. Uh, they played West Ham this past weekend, and that match would have had the City one would have closed out the title for them and, and set Liverpool packing. However, City failed to do so. 
falling to a, a sprightly West Ham team. They, or not falling, I shouldn't say that. They drew. They drew 2-2. Uh, but they, fe- they definitely fell behind early. Uh, Two-goal lead for West Ham. West Ham were, uh, were doing quite well overall. Um, and then City, City fought back um, to, to bring it to the 2-2 draw. And to be honest, it, it felt like that, that one slip-up game. And it could have gone really, really badly for them, obviously. Um, but I don't see any. I don't. I don't know about the rest of you guys. And I know we're picking the city game later, but I, I don't see any reason why City would slip up in their final game as well. Uh, can, it, can we laugh a little <clears throat> bit at the penalty? Yeah, yeah please do, Mares. So, yeah, I, I, two things. So, of course, that's hilarious to me. I, the oil money <laughs> is gross, so I hate them. And Pep gives bald men a bad name. Blah blah blah. Um, so Mares takes the penalty. I think the eighty-sixth minute. And Fabianski, who I think is a complete joke, former Arsenal player, um, saves it, and it, and that would have that would have sealed the title. Sealed it. And and my my question, I think the in in some clubs you make a if you had to ask like who takes penalties for so and so, you would just say X, right? Like mm-hmm. why doesn't De Bruyne take penalties? Like Mares is usually good, but De Bruyne strikes the ball so well, mm-hmm. and he's so cool mentally like i don't know why he doesn't take penalties the the only thing that i can i can reckon behind that is usually when they have these type when they have the situation where they're choosing who takes the penalties generally they have competitions and and you compete for that spot the only thing i can think is that in in practice in those competitions mares was lights out and de bruyne missed one or missed two or something along those lines i mean it can literally i mean especially especially guys with of this quality caliber right it's splitting hairs but it really is if, but if it was me and and i was going to have somebody miss one it would be my yeah. best player oh of course yeah and, it, and it's it makes I mean, me like Kane is, I don't want to jinx it. He's crazy. He's crazy good at penalties. And it's one of those things that you don't appreciate until you see this mm-hmm. in that moment. Um, so yeah, sorry, Kyle, go ahead. It's funny too, because Mara's now has a history of missing like important penalties. Like mm-hmm. it, oh. he, their last uh, run up to whatever title they won, he missed uh, a penalty late in game that could have won them the game and probably, uh, set the title off for them so he's it's become sort of a thing with him and i mean the one he missed prior to i mean it wasn't close like he skied that over the crossbar yeah. and then you had the one he saved that was saved by fabianski so i mean i'm with scott you know Jorginho it's... pisses me off a little bit because his you know it, i don't like his run-up and he switched it a little bit because he's had a couple saved but i want Jorginho taking penalties if he's on the field because he is nine times out of ten is going to convert that penalty. So unless, he, unless he's playing for Italy. Unless he's playing for Italy, but I don't give a shit if he misses him for Italy. <laughs> That's the time to get the misses out. Yeah, well, yeah. Get him out in international play. And it's interesting, too, because it could be, you know, there's all different types of dynamics that go into it because taking penalties is more psychological than it is physical. I mean, the actual yeah. physical thing is fairly easy. Um, but the, uh, I mean, you know, I, I know speaking from the United standpoint, uh, prior to Bruno's arrival, Marcus Rashford was our penalty taker and he was lights out. I mean, he really didn't miss. He'd take him in the, in the, you know, most serious of moments, even did so for England and, and was converted all the time. Bruno arrives and all of a sudden Marcus Rashford like misses like two or three. Bruno starts taking the penalties, lights out, can't miss. Ronaldo arrives. Now, Bruno's missing like two or three and it's like it's the weird it, it is it like I said it's entirely a psychological thing and so it's kind of just weird how that I think changes. I think I don't want to well 10 seconds on this <laughs> yeah and then we'll time. change 
I, th- I think Ronaldo kind of rattles Bruno, like oh, even yeah. on the international stage, oh, like yeah. when they play together, it's not good. Um, Cause Bruno's very team, you know, he wants to facilitate, stir the drink. And then Ronaldo is, I don't want to say he's selfish, but he is, he is Ronaldo. So I, I think that it's interesting. So I don't think there's anything wrong with calling Ronaldo selfish. I think it's accurate. Um, but I, there is a, there is a, there is a leadership element to his selfishness, but that there, there can't That's be kind of denied that he is yeah. that he is selfish for. But I kind of like that. It's speakers. like Jordan <laughs> selfish, right? <laughs> right. So okay, well let's uh, let's move on. Uh, Kyle, you want to you want to talk about uh, Chelsea versus Leicester? Oh yeah, another barn burner over at uh, Stamford Bridge today. Uh, another draw. Um, Leicester scored six minutes in. Really, the goal was honestly against the run of play. Um, Chelsea had them hemmed in in their half of the field. Um, uh, I think at the time that Leicester scored, possession was like 70-30. You know, so it, it Shermichael uh, played the ball out long. They had like two touches. Um, Madison scored a hell of a goal, probably a goal that you, you wouldn't expect him to score just because of the angle where he was relative to the keeper, uh, the defenders that were in his way. Um, and then Marcos Alonso did what he loves to do, which is score goals. Um, he did what he doesn't love to do on the Madison goal, which was not defend, which led to the goal. Um, so it was a tale of Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Alonso for him. Uh, and then we kind of just played with the ball for, 45 minutes in the second half had a couple half chances. Pulisic had the best chance of the match and uh, just put it wide, like not even really close. Um, Kai had a chance towards the end of the game, uh, but the ball hit his in foot inset, the inset of his uh, right foot, his plant foot, and he fell. Uh, so it was just that kind of game. Uh, I mean, at this point, it doesn't matter. Uh, Spurs would have to put up three touchdowns to kind of knock Chelsea out of third place. So I was, I mean, I was hoping with, so much of my being that you would at least lose today just so you'd have to sweat on Sunday. Uh, dude, uh, listen, even if we lost today, I wasn't going to sweat on Sunday because we're going to the Champions it's League. And right. it, it's Watford. And it's Watford. Yeah. Right. So, but yeah, I'm glad that it, we at least got a point out of it today. So I really, really don't have to care on Sunday in terms of what happens. So, nice feeling. It's a very nice feeling. It is. It is a nice feeling. <clears throat> so. But yeah, I mean, uh, it was a good game. It was another one of those boring games. If you weren't a Chelsea fan or a Leicester fan, that you weren't going to sit down and be like, "Wow!" Like, yeah, yeah. Scott, do you want to uh, enlighten us about uh, Tottenham's struggles against lowly Burnley? Um, we didn't. It, it's a strange one because I I thought we actually played okay. Um, it was one of those where Kane had a couple chances that he would normally bury, and a couple that looked from the TV angle like they went in and they didn't. Um, and we, I mean, we, we scored from a penalty and again, there were complaints, which were silly to me. Ashley Barnes, his arm was as far away from his body as it could have been in the box and the ball hits it. Like what, what, okay. What are you going to complain about? Um, and Kane (laughs) converts it. It, that was probably the most perfect penalty I've ever seen. Like I thought he missed, it was so tucked into the side netting. Um, and then that was pretty much it. We, we controlled the match. They had a couple. They really didn't have any chances. Our our defense has been very good, um, and uh, it, it was not a fun one to watch. I I was as nervous as I could possibly be the entire time, because um, it just felt like a banana peel. Right? We had mm-hmm. Liverpool, we had Arsenal, 
and then you know everything going into that it, it not only did we play thursday we played the noon game sunday whereas arsenal got the whole extra day and a half to rest mm-hmm. like it just felt like something you might slip up on and just to see us not was is nice and i think it's a development uh that, that you can see the progress under conte um I was proud of the team. I mean, and because Romero was out again, and and right before the match, we found out that Kulisevsky had a stomach bug, and Hugo Lloris had a stomach bug. So I was like, "Oh shit, here we go!" Like it's just getting spursy, and um, <laughs> and especially against a team like Burnley, the difference between Kulisevsky and Lucas Mora <clears throat> is very important because Lucas Mora is a black hole of possession. He just turns around and puts his head down and runs into runs. literally a group of players. <laughs> right. And and you need some creativity and an outlet. And that's what I like about Kulisevsky. I've talked about it here. His, he's kind of like a number nine on the wing. He can hold it up and, and sl- slide a ball in. And um, it was not – Conte actually adjusted the system for more of this time. Um, the, the, the fact that our right side was Davinson Sanchez, Emerson Royale, and Lucas Mora, which is – I call it the Bermuda Triangle every time they play together. It wasn't that. It's like Conte might be a magician. Um, he he told Lucas basically to touch, like touch the chalk on the touchline, stay away, just go over there and create width, and it and it worked. I I, I could not believe it. I, I was shitting myself when I saw the lineup with the Kulisevsky news, but it, it worked out. So any any win, it could have been twenty nine shots to an own goal, one nil. I would have taken it at this point. <laughs> Yeah, I would imagine, especially given how uh, hot on your heels Arsenal are right now, um, <clears throat> despite their form. Oh, yeah. man. Can we yeah. talk about that one? Yeah, please. Oh, man. Somebody else starts. I don't want to talk too much. <laughs> well, I didn't watch the game, That's so why new. don't you start? <laughs> okay, I, I, I'd be happy to. I had so much fun. So I couldn't speak about this too much before the game because I didn't want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, it had this written all over it, right? From the whole, the entire time. One of my buddies, Steve, he um, he actually does a Florida State podcast. He's an Arsenal fan, and um, we were talking over the weekend. I was like, dude, I, I don't think you're going to lose, but that's not going to be easy. And he was like, no, it's going to be pretty easy. Like they they're terrible against the top four. I'm like, well, you guys are kind of cheeks. Like I don't know who you think you're not City and Liverpool. Huh? It doesn't matter. The City beat them five nil. Um, and uh, so he, you know, it was like, okay, we'll see. And then it not only did Newcastle beat them, Newcastle dominated that match. At one point, they had 65% possession, and it wasn't after like two minutes. Um, they outshot them, they outpossessed them, they out everything them. Um, and the best defender on the pitch was on the bench, Kieran Trippier. So it was embarrassing for Arsenal. And it was exactly what I wanted it to be when Arteta started pissing down his leg about. 33 minutes into the Spurs match. Like you could see him being rattled and we talked about the post-match and I told you that that was going to affect the locker room. He's young. The team is young. He needed to be a leader and he complained and moaned and pissed on himself. And what did his team do? The exact same thing. Mm -hmm. It was beautiful. It was poetry. I mean, it was, it was so bad that Granite Xhaka, who is, you know, no stranger to, to speaking his mind comes out and basically calls out his entire team. <clears throat> said if you're not if you're not up for this you shouldn't even be out be out on the field which is that's strong words from a professional footballer uh to his teammates he know? was right he's not wrong yeah, yeah to be fair the, he also granted, played like dog shit 
Yeah, yeah and Granit Shock is not the one I want to hear that from. Okay. No. He's he's no consistent, he's no beacon of consistency himself. So I mean that's but, the pot who's, the kettle black. But who's a who's a strong leader on that team? They don't have one. Exactly. That's the problem. But that's exactly. the problem. But I think it would be he's the closest no, he's the closest they've got. Yeah, yeah but the, and, and that's that's the problem is yeah. that he's the he's the best they've got. Right? And, I mean, and that combined with Arteta's um, lack of experience and his lack of composure. That's why I kept harping on that, that press conference. That was the most important thing to me. They could have lost to us and still qualified easily. Mm-hmm. Like the result, it wasn't the result. It was how we beat them and how we just, just shit on them. And, and like the fans were laying our passes for 30 minutes mm-hmm. against them. Like we, we devastated them and then he made it worse. And then this yeah. is what happened. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it was, it was embarrassing. It's funny because I, I I was texting Scott during the game because um, I knew he was going to be watching with bated breath and you know Newcastle and I, t- I told Scott like St James Park is not an easy place to go and play it's just it's not it's a it's a it's a bogey ground for a lot of teams I know Chelsea have had struggles there within it just seems every time we go there something crazy happens you know there that stadium is packed no matter how Newcastle is doing in the league, you know, they could be in 20th and that stadium is going to be filled out. And it's just, it's, it is such a tough place to go and play. And if you're a young team that is being led by a, uh, a, a newish manager who hasn't, you know, kind of just let things go and harps on things, you know, you're, you're setting yourself up for a bad time. If you go down early, which is what happened. I mean, you know, and you're 50 million or whatever they paid for Ben White. You know, they bring him in, probably not 100%, and then he goes and does what he does and gets a yellow card, and they just fall apart. And, I mean, it it was great. Let's not forget, though, that, I mean, to be fair to Arsenal, they did spend the most money in the entire league last summer. So it's not – no, yeah, so they should be better. And they were in the Europa League when Arteta took over before the 300 million. No, I guess he's yeah, he's not doing very good, is he? Oh, they just gave him a contract extension though. Um, Long before, may he reign. I mean, it's been two <laughs> years and they're in the same spot, 400 million pounds later. So yeah, yeah, they're they're a club that uh, they've done some really good business. I think bringing in Odegaard was a really good piece of business. Obviously, bringing in Gabrielle was a really good piece of business. Ramsdale, against all odds, seems to have been a really good piece of business. It's for a pretty them. good signing. Yeah. yeah, I honestly yeah, didn't expect whether you, whether you, whether you like it or not, Scott, it's been as good Sonny. Yeah, I'm not money. It is, but he's but he's he's back to that. He's up. been good. I didn't, been good. I didn't expect okay, him take to. the money out of it. He's been good. You're right. Yeah, I didn't ex- I didn't expect Ramsdale to be good. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, they've made some good signings, but they have a long way to go. Um, the good thing for them yeah. is their main core is really young, but what they do the next seat next two seasons is going to be pivotal. Pivotal. <laughs> whether or not or, or pivotal or pivotal whether or not arsenal are going to be for real you know? You, you know what they this are this is gonna make me sick to say this this arsenal team reminds me of a lot of spurs teams over the last 20 years like this young core some good english young players and this like it's like this perpetuity of promise that i don't think it's ever going to come with the this nearly group. the nearly men it's it's what until they until they bring in somebody who is a leader to, to take control, maybe, I mean, whether that's at the center of the park or not, I mean, that's, <clears throat> that's left to be seen, but basically they have to replace Granite Xhaka with somebody who's an actual, actual leader on the field. 
<clears throat> do that, bring some support in, a striker that I can actually score goals. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and Arsenal have a shot. I mean, they really do. I mean, they do. They have a shot, but but they have they have then, actively avoided that for right. so long. Well, how long have we been saying? Even before we ever started this podcast, have yeah. people been saying that Arsenal need a central? And and like the, Ben White is a good defender, but he's not mm-hmm. that person. Mm-hmm. Like he spends more time in the tanning bed than he does doing any leading. And and Thomas Partey, same thing. Good midfielder. He didn't want to go to Arsenal. His dad said that. Like he's not going to lead that team. Yeah. And then and then Arteta was like the quintessential person for that when he was the midfielder right but he's not he's not that as a manager Correct. it's like they're almost avoiding it on purpose they're not that competent but it's like it's it's almost like this long game of some kind of con and somebody's gonna say gotcha after <laughs> long enough like yeah you, it's it's gonna be relegation that's what's gonna get them you knew it was weird when they gave captaincy to obama yang he's yeah he's he's not really that guy and he i mean he he's been trying to leave Arsenal. <laughs> trust almost. me buddy you're not that guy well, he's but been he, trying to leave Arsenal almost since he got there. You know, but, he, but he is Arsenal, though. Like, everything about his personality is plastic, just like that club. I know I'm the Spurs fan. I know that. But there is something about them that is very, like, surface level. Um, and I love Dana. I'm sorry, Dana. But it's <laughs> like Dana is not Arsenal, just like Kyle's not Chelsea. Like, I don't get it. Um, but he suits him. He should be club captain. They should bring him back. Let him drive his gold Lamborghini around while they finish eighth place. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on from what happened, uh, and let's look into the future. Let's look into our crystal ball uh, this uh, weekend. We have probably, I would say, one of the best traditions that we have in the Premier League, which is the final on the final game day every year. All teams play at the exact same time. All right, so this Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern, you can do the math on whatever your time, uh, whatever time zone you're in listening to this. I know we got a lot of people out in, in uh, you know, that's Thailand. Four, that's 4 p.m., Christian. 4 p.m. I'll do Christian. the math, do the math yeah. for you right now. Yeah. Make sure the queen's watching, okay? Um, <clears throat> all the games are happening, and they do that obvious, for obvious reasons of trying to prevent teams from sandbagging or cheating or, you know, going up and... And, you know, spoiling or helping another team, you know, to victory uh, with their results. So everybody plays at the same time. Uh, This prevents Liverpool from cheating, which is great. Uh, But for the first time in like 700 days, Man United actually have a game. We're actually going to play soccer in front of a crowd. And not a a soul on that team could give a damn if they tried. Not one. I take that. No, okay. That is two, not true. Two Ronaldo, people. Two Ronaldo people. is dying to score a hat trick. R- Ronaldo and Bruno, they care. Nobody else does. Um, but yeah, so we play Crystal Palace and we play at Palace, um, which is not an easy place to play. Uh, Vera, have, ha, as I've been saying, Vera has been doing a very, very good job with that with that club. Um, I think he still needs to put pieces, new pieces in, in certain places for him to get them to actually compete the way that he wants them to. But I think he's changed the mentality at Palace. Palace don't look like they're centered around Wilfred Zaha anymore, uh, which is a great thing because Zaha is a hot and cold player and you can't rely on that. That's not, not a reliable system. So uh, I watched Palace play today. Uh, other than the second half, they looked good. Uh, that's where they're, they really lack is they lack a complete game. So hopefully today's match, the fact that United didn't play and Palace did, it, it hopefully it affects them this weekend. 
takes a little energy out of them. They were really hoping to beat Everton, uh, keep Everton within the uh, in the relegation zone. But sadly, Everton won uh, in dramatic fashion, too. I don't know if any of you guys caught that game, but man, Everton were down two goals and, and came back and scored three in a row, including a diving header for the third goal by Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And um, it was it was such an impactful and important goal that literally fans rushed the field. There were still 10 minutes left in the game. What did, you see? The field. <laughs> did you see what happened with Vieira? Yes. Yeah. That, yeah. That was funny. Yeah. I, wish, yeah. I wish he had got his paws on that Everton fan for yeah. real. Just for anybody who didn't see it, who's listening, uh, when the fans stormed the pitch, uh, a couple of um, Everton fans went after Vieira, got in his face, and he grabbed one and kicked him. And then a group of fans surround, like circled him, and Vieira was not backing down. And he basically uh, punked them all, and they backed mm-hmm. down pretty quick and ran away. I, yeah. I actually don't think it's funny. I think it's kind of shitty and scary. Um, and I, th- I think that needs it's to dangerous. be... Um, oh, yeah, um, yeah. Right. Like, I, I think it's shitty um like i i like the the passion and go support your team but um uh, i because that puts Vera in a bad light now like he defended himself but now 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 he's they picked the they picked the wrong one to fuck with that's for sure no they did but now now Vera is going to get this like oh he didn't have to do that like it's just not it's just not yeah, I don't know, and, yeah, and I don't huge. like Vera. he's mean. an Arsenal guy. Like I, I think he's a scumbag, but um, yeah. it's still, it, I don't know. Good, good for I, Everton, I think, but I think I think they need a points deduction. <laughs> I agree, and those those fans should be um, forced to go to every home match next season. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, <clears throat> either, Arles, what, either way, for you. yo, what's up? What is what's the what's the European implication for uh, United this weekend? I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, United can seal sixth place with a win. Okay, uh, which is That's Europa, really right? Europa League. Yeah, yeah. Um, which honestly would be a I would consider it a massive prize for us. Like that would be uh, a, a huge, huge bonus that we don't deserve. Uh, it's a great competition for. Ten Hogs first season. Oh, a great! I agree. It's I agree. it's more. It's one of those like you'd almost rather be in that than the Champions League. To For the first year, get, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, ideally, you wouldn't have any because you'd right. get that that full week of match prep. But a game to you can play some young players and test out new tactics and yeah. and see how players react. I think and, that's actually a good. And you spot. still get to you still get to push the the Europe mentality. I mean, we are competing in Europe. We're competing against good sides, and you know, the, right. honestly, I don't. I, People, I may people may disagree with me, and, and whatever. Um, the the distance between Europa League and Champions League isn't that wide. It's not as wide as most people think, and it's kind of similar to like the parity in the Premier League. <clears throat> yeah, the relegated teams are are not that good, but it's still you could still face them on the, on the wrong day and then and lose to them. Right, and so it's it's. I think it's it's beneficial if we get it. I mean, I, obviously, I want us to go out there and win against Palace. That'd be great. Um, if we draw then we have to hope that west ham loses to to secure it what don't don't forget one one thing and um this is going to become increasingly important uh your uefa coefficient matters so the more you play in those whether you play like shit in the next season or not every point you accumulate towards your coefficient is going to matter even more there could be five teams in england that qualify for champions league next year true given the, the change of the, of the format. So you want to be in the competition. You want to, because you get a goose egg on your coefficient. That's yeah. not good. Yeah, there's nothing. <laughs> that means nothing. So, yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, 
uh, the the thing that United have going for them also. I mean, we're we're playing Palace, not a, not an easy side necessarily. West Ham are also not playing an easy side. They play Brighton at at Brighton, uh, so it's an away match for them. Brighton are no easy team. Um, you know, as as they proved against many uh, a good side, including United. Um, and so yeah, I mean, it's it, this is a down to the wire. This game actually matters. So hopefully. The, uh, the players can find it within themselves to be like, you know, hey, maybe I'm going to go out there and try today. And we would really love to see that. Um, I just don't want to be in another situation where Juan Mata is our best player. I think I think your players will, because I think some of them are going to play with a point to prove for Ten Hag. I hope so. They, they know with a new manager. He's going to be in attendance. So. Yeah, and they know with a new manager coming in, there's, this is a new chance for them to solidify that they are in his future plans. Yeah. I mean, because... Yeah, especially I mean, players, especially players that are on the bubble. Players like Fred and yeah. McTominay and and the the outside backs. Um, I don't know that Maguire will play. I doubt that he will. But uh, I know Luke Shaw rejoined training. Uh, um, San- Sancho's back. He had a tonsillitis, um, so I'm really glad to have him back. I would love to him see him go out there and show uh, really well. But then you know we got some other some some younger players that that will look to look to, to make good uh, on, uh, you know, Anthony Alanga. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I think he will start. Um, and he has every reason to show off because Ten Hag can easily just move him off. You know, he's, he's been a starter this season, but only because of the poor form of everybody else and, and, you know, one player being an asshole. Let's be honest. Ronaldo's going to win this game for you. I hope so. This is what he's going to do. I mean, <laughs> I hope so. It'll, it'll probably be a slog, a, ugly. You yeah. and Christian will hit every minute, and then Ronaldo's going to score at least a brace. It's just write it down. And this game matters. He wants to score. Um, it it will be and maybe a combined like point four xg between the two goals. Like it's going to be something like that. No doubt in my mind. So on my prediction, honestly, I think United are not going to do all that well. I hope that we win, but I, I think it's going to end up something like 1-1 draw. And then we're going to have to count on Brighton drawing with West Ham for our sixth place finish, which is great. It's fun. Super fun being a United fan right now. Love it. I think it's going to be 3-1 United. <clears throat> I hope you're right. <laughs> I really do. I really do. And I hope if we do win that uh, Christian gives the Queen an extra good scrubbing. Treats are treats are right. No, I'm not. She's a United fan too. She's a United fan too. Of course. (laughs) I I thought it would be Crystal Palace. Isn't that why they're called that? Yeah. Sure. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about the uh, the title race. Now we got two teams heading in. We have the eventual champions, Manchester City, and then we have Liverpool, who still think they have a shot. Manchester City play. Aston Villa and let's be honest people coming into this week the past couple of weeks have been talking about oh Stevie G he's gonna he's gonna command Villa to to take points off City and and help Liverpool secure the title and all kinds of other nonsense Aston Villa played today Aston Villa struggled against Burnley Burnley are not terrible anymore. They're not terrible. But you know, you, you know who's also not terrible? Manchester City, <laughs> who have been dominating almost everyone that they've been playing. It's true. Kyle, I want your thoughts on this one. My thoughts. So ESPN tweeted this out. 
last week talking about how cool would it be if you know Stevie G hands Liverpool the title and <laughs> I quote tweeted it I quote tweeted it I said we all know that when Stevie G has a chance to win a title for Liverpool he always shows up or something to that effect he always manages to slip up he there always slips it is. Up. I knew I knew it was something and oh, I, knew it was for the cheap I knew that was coming your, your was, tweet was better yeah. it was just it was just you know if you have to rely on you, you never want to go into the final day having to rely on somebody else, right? And you never want to go into the final day having to rely on a team that is as up and down as Aston Villa. You know, I mean, Charles, you know, you know it better than anyone on the pod because I think the last time we had a title race like this prior to the previous City Liverpool one was the one in 2012 where uh, you and City, United and City were tied on points. And, you know, Aguero won at the death. So you never want to have – you want to control your own destiny going into the final day. And City do. Liverpool don't. So good luck uh, pinning your hopes on Gerard. Hope it doesn't work out for you and that City win the title. And that's how I feel about it. Kyle, I, I really like how you slipped that tweet in there. Um, you know, I that did. Was well done. Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, you know. But, I mean, <laughs> in this in – this, scenario i mean it's the premier league we're not i'm not gonna you know beat around the bush about this do aston villa have a chance absolutely on on any on any any given day i think any premier league team can beat another premier league team aston villa's chances are extremely low extremely low i mean one of the (laughs) one of the benefits of being manchester city is that you get favorable scheduling. <laughs> so they're at home but on the final day. I mean, and they're not playing for the Champions League title. They're not playing for any other titles. <clears throat> this is it. This means more to City right now than anything else. I just worry about Pep in these moments, you know, because this, this, I, He's won, he's won the league. He, he's he won the league, but not, <laughs> but not a lot of times like this. Like, this is almost the final. Now it's Villa, right? I mean, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like he's playing Bayern, who he also couldn't manage to a Champions League final. But um, it is Villa, so there are all of the you know, qualifications of, okay, yeah, it's Villa. But it is a pressure moment, and he's shown the propensity to do weird things. I mean, even he acknowledged the Champions League, he's going to just do stupid tactics. How'd that work after that little quip? Um, there is almost no way they lose. Like, I think it's either five nil or like a one, one draw. And he just resigns on the spot. I, I can't make my mind up. Um, as a fellow bald man, I would like him to seal the deal. Um, but I, I kind of love the narrative of him wilting in these moments, you know, this like galactico of, of management ha- has such a, weak spot you know it's glaring and this would be one um that would be a a death knell almost for for him so i think they're going to win but i don't think it's i mean villa have the ability and the players they have some good players i mean it's not like they're a bunch of scrubs watkins is good ings is good john mcginn's pretty good you know maddie cash is good they have some players philip coutinho uh they have talent they could do it or they could roll over five no i mean we, we beat them four four nothing um and that was at Villa Park. So it could very easily go either way. Well, not easily, but Villa could get a result. Wouldn't surprise me. 
Eric, you want to give Stevie G a little pep talk? No, I just, unless he's going to be unless he's going to be on the pitch, it won't matter, unfortunately. But uh, you know, you guys got a point. I agree with everything you said. That's the only title they're fighting for. They played themselves out of the other competitions. They're going to have the trophy there and the stage set up just in case to wheel out. It's just they have too much talent, uh, you know, compared to Villa. I just think it's too much for them to bottle. I just don't. I, I see Villa giving them hell. It'll be like one-one, and they'll score like Jesus goal in the seventieth minute to rip our hearts out. And they'll, they'll win like 2-1, something like that. And we'll beat the Wolves and we'll uh, lose by one point again. But that's the way, unfortunately, that's the way it's going to go. But we'll see. So I found it. <laughs> I found it. <laughs> so this was four days ago. So ESPN tweeted out, Steven Gerrard could win Liverpool the Premier League title next week by taking points off Man City. Then they tweeted, imagine with those stupid little eyes. <laughs> So I quote tweeted it and I said, if we know anything about Gerard, it's that he'll slip up at any chance to win pool the league. And that was that. So I think what I said will come true. I think city will win and they'll win the league. Score um, prediction. Oh, I think city will win one or two, nothing. Pep will, Pep will get a goal and then just play with the ball. I mean, that's, I, I don't think it'll be any sort of romp because they don't need the goal difference. They just need the win. Okay. Yeah. Scott, score prediction? Five, nothing city. Ooh, romp. Okay. I'm going to go with a, with a uh, three, one win. I think, I think uh, Villa will sneak one in uh, and, you know, kind of put some pressure on things. And then city will stomp on them and say, goodbye. Goodbye, little ant. We're off to our, our trophy celebration. I mean, that's part of it as well. I mean, they, they win on Sunday. They celebrate at home. They do a trophy presentation right there at home, and their fans are going to love it. And all, so, t- all 10 of their fans? All 10, yeah. They'll bring, they'll bring see, their plastic cups and everything. Did you see Aguero's statue got unveiled this week? You mean Tony there, Cruz? <laughs> there, Tony was Cruz li- there was literally less than 100 people there. There was yeah. less than 100 people there. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I, so here's, all here's my holders. thing. Here's my thing. If City score first, it'll be like a one nothing game. If they have to come back, like if Aston Villa put one in before them, then I think Pep will turn up the gas and they'll win by two or three because at that point they'll need to come back and then get another. And then that team, once they start scoring, they don't really stop but unless when they, they want to. All, but all when gas, they no turn breaks, up the gas, though, like they get countered so easily. They don't counter press like Liverpool. Like no, they just don't. That, that's I what agree. I'm hoping is – and Villa has like Coutinho to Watkins to Ings – I mean, they have, they have like, I'm just saying, like, I would love that they open it up and then it's 2-0 all of a sudden. And then what? That's what I want to happen. I'm not going to be watching it. I'm watching Spurs, obviously. But um, yeah. that would be so hilarious to me. I'm setting up multiple screens. I'll be honest. I'm going to watch as many of these games as I possibly can. Yeah. <laughs> what you, did you guys see, before, before we move on from City, did you see the athletic article about the argument against Talland and why the move might not work? Did you guys see that? I saw the article. Oh, I didn't read it. So I know you read it. Yeah, it's so good. It's and it's not like conspiracy theory stuff. It's like, you know, what are his strengths versus their strengths and his weaknesses versus what they do. It's so good. Like you guys should, should check it out. I'll, I don't want to waste a whole lot of time on it here. Um, but perfect basically, landing. his perfect he, landing spot was United. Well, anybody but City, because <laughs> he he thrives in space yeah. and and he's not going to get that. Right. And he's not good with the ball at his feet, and that's what he's going to have to do. So, um, yeah. No. Okay. All right. Now to the other uh, title contender, Liverpool, who uh, need to win 
and hope that City lose all at the same time. Uh, I think. Oh, I guess. I guess if City draws, that's still, yeah, still right, is it, it's one one point difference. Yeah, yeah City draws. That, that does us good too. Okay. Yeah. So, but you still need to win. You still got to right. win your game. So you play Wolves. Another benefit of being Liverpool and being one of the better teams in the league right now. Also, get a home game for your final game. Lucky you, uh, Eric. Give us a give us what you what, what do you think? Uh, can't can't be arsed about this game to be, to be honest with you. I'm worried worried about the city game, but uh, we're at home. They're a good defensive club this year. Um, it won't be easy, but it, like I said, I, I just don't see a scenario where we lose this game. So I'm going to say Liverpool two one. I'm not really too worried about it. I don't think I've ever heard someone follow a team who's got a chance to win a title saying they can't be bothered with the last game of the season. <laughs> that is no, an I, interesting take. No, I didn't mean that. I just meant I'm not worried about it. Is what I meant. No. I mean, I guess. Kyle, wolves, what do you wolf, think? wolves are not bad. Yeah, I mean, Wolves are not bad. I think Liverpool will win. But, I mean, they're, you know, they should win. They're at home. It's the last game of the season. There's a title up for grabs. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Right. Everything. It's not going to be 5-0, but it'll be like 2-1, something like that. That's all we need. For, for the sake of time, copy and paste everything I just said about Villa City. Everything. Okay. Same. It's the same, right? I mean, no players. No. Liverpool are at home. Yeah, I, I think so. Like Liverpool are gonna are, are gonna want to win, just like City. Their players are better, just like City. Wolves have decent players, just like Villa. They should lose, just like Villa. I mean, the game won't be the same, but like the script, in my opinion, is it's unlikely Wolves win, but they could very well win with one chance. Jimenez buries it. So I don't. <laughs> I think it's three 0 Liverpool, but a Wolves result would not surprise me. I I don't I don't share your optimism on Wolves side um, at all. the The last time Wolves got a positive result was like March. They beat Villa two one. Well, they are still eighth in the table. I mean, no, I know. You're, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm. They're they're standing as well. They they drew against Norwich. They lost to they lost five one to City. They drew against Chelsea. They lost three 0 to Brighton. They lost to Burnley. They lost to Newcastle. Well, I mean. I also they, don't think Villa are going to win. I'm just saying they have. No, I, 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 Villa, I, I think Villa is a stronger team and a stronger threat to City than Wolves are to Liverpool in this scenario. Um, again, Liverpool have to win to to have any chance, and and I think that I don't think Klopp is going to send out a team that's going to going to slip up four uh, 0 is my prediction. Villa or, or Wolves? You mean? <laughs> oh, it's. Yeah. <laughs> Or in a Liverpool. Oh <laughs> uh, man, Eric, how are you? How are you going to feel to lose the lose the league by one point twice in four years? Liverpool is what we do, you know. Crying to the FA Cup. What, yeah. what was it that? At least we have, at least we have something this year. There's been years, what, you know, where we don't have anything. So Pep, what did Pep say? He says um, something about Liverpool not really caring about the league titles. It's been just one in the last thirty years or something. Yeah. Something smug to, to take a shot. Oh, <laughs> something right up, some right Kyle, up his alley. Kyle, you guys, you guys could have very likely lost the Wolves not too long ago. Like I, I, I do. We should have lost the Wolves. It, I'm just saying me? it's not. It's not. They're not one of those teams that has no chance. Is all I'm no, saying. They're no, but lose. I will say. I will say Liverpool's backline is much more stout than ours has been playing the past six weeks. So no, that's not saying much. All right. Uh, speaking of games that should not uh, should not be lost. <clears throat> Spurs 
Mm-mm. You guys face uh, the mm. the rootin' tootin' canaries <laughs> from Norwich. Nope. What do you mean, nope? Yeah, you do. Nope. nope. Whether, you, whether you like it or not. You know, I, when when our fixtures were released, I looked at the the run-in, right? And, and we were supposed to play Arsenal in January, but they cowered it out for several months. Um, and I was like, oh, man, Norwich away on the last day they might be up on the beach right and um like if we got something that matters on the final day at least it's north away and now here we are and i'm absolutely like shaking in my boots like you would not believe there's still some tottenham in there man like i y- you yeah. can't be tottenham like i am and like real 20 years tottenham and not feel some kind of nervousness about this i've seen everything happen <clears throat> to this team there there it, like there was w- once we lost top four because there was food poisoning from lasagna. It's called lasagna gate. Like anything can happen to this team. With that said, I've been saying that for weeks and I, all we have to do is draw. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's all we have to do is draw. Um, and oh God, like surely not. Right. <laughs> That'd be nice. Wouldn't it? Well, I mean, and I mean, the, it would have been better for you if Everton had not won today. Right. Because yeah. now Everton don't have anything to fight for. Right. They, they, they play, they're the ones who play Arsenal. Right. And I'm not. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Lampard hates them. Deli yeah. Ali hates them. Um, anybody with a soul hates them. Um, <laughs> so you're right. But I, there, there's nothing on paper or anywhere else says Spurs should do anything but four or five nil this mm-hmm. thing. Um, but it is the Premier League, right? I No, I think what you're looking for is it's Spurs. It's Spurs, yeah. This well, is, lads, it's Tottenham. That's more accurate. Yeah. And as, as much as I want to say that I think Conte has gotten that out of them, and I do think that I have to see it. Like we have to, I said this last week or maybe the week before top four matters as much to me for what it proves to the players and to Conte that they can achieve something that was hard and and difficult and unlikely. And they had to band together and they lost Romero. They lost Kulisevsky and all these things happened and they were resilient and they fought through adversity. Like they need to see that Um, going into next season. If we make a couple of good signings and we do this, we achieve this, it matters a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, this is a, a reference you guys are definitely going to get. Um, 2013 FSU football. I spent a good chunk of that season watching the games between my fingers because I was so nervous about Florida state being Florida state and yep. what they had done for the past like 10 years uh, and like pissing away games that they shouldn't have. Uh, and it wasn't until they actually did it that I believed. And <clears throat> so I can, I can definitely understand exactly where you're coming from. And that's part of the reason why I think Tottenham might actually struggle on Sunday, but so I'm, let me, I'm thinking let me, it's going to be a one. nil. I'll give you a couple reasons for both sides. Um, Davinson Sanchez scares the shit out of me. Doesn't matter who um, like Pookie could very well put him on his ass and score a goal in the second minute. And then everybody's p- butthole puckers. Look, um, had, Emerson Royale. Pookie had United on skates last time they played United. <laughs> Right, and he he was good. Um, uh, and this I think this week he was decent. Wrong United, um, but no, um, no, not the wrong United. Let can we let this be about me for a minute, guys? Come on. Um, oh, for, for the first time ever, <laughs> yes. 
And then we still have Emerson, who is playing better. I'm still waiting for him to turn back into a pumpkin. Um, but then on the flip side, we have Kane and Son, who just don't miss chances very often. So, like, there's reasons for whatever case you want to make, whatever emotional attachment you have, you can find a, a way to reason it. And I don't want to think about it until that happens. And you know what scares me the most? So you, the best thing about this weekend is all the games are at the same time and the USA conglomerate has all like Animal Planet and True TV. And they're like putting these ne- on these most batshit networks. Do you know what channel is carrying the Spurs match? True TV? Sci-fi. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Some shit's going to happen. Ah, and when I, I just, I, they just posted it a couple hours ago and I have been more nervous ever since. Fucking sci-fi. Get, get some... It, into the Twilight Zone type shit exactly. going on. Yeah, I love that last uh, uh, match day of the season where some of the matches are on weird networks like sci-fi and stuff. Yeah, and you're like on True TV and Home and Garden Network and crap like that. Yeah, right. You got to see if you've got like VH2. <laughs> VH2. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm searching for that for that schedule now because I want to see. Who's oh, it's on, on the channel. Um, if, if you guys want to check out the, um, the Premier League app, there's an article they just just dropped a couple hours ago um, that that gives you what well, all you gotta do is click on the um, on that link and it lists each game, um, and and it has it there. It's also got direct links to streams for all the legal streaming services that that will provide them. Peacock will have everything as well. So. Thanks. So Arsenal Everton. Um, Who? Yeah, that that's a pivotal one. I hope it doesn't matter. Um, Eric, I, I know you were passionate about this, right? Yeah. What What is it that you said about Everton today after they were secured? I, I saw you say this several times when people asked you what what, what did they? I said it still doesn't matter. They blow anyway, whether they're they standing blow. up or yeah. going. I saw you post that almost exact same message like four times because everybody knows you hate Brandon them. And, yeah, everybody. everybody. Yeah. And yeah. that was like, and that was the message. Like, okay, Eric's got his line. They still blow. Um, I couldn't decide if you felt that way or if you were like covering up your emotions that they, you were oh, saying no, they weren't going down. Bad. That's a fact. That's not a lie. I mean, you know, I mean, don't just tell you. Some emotions are true. It's okay. It's okay to be afraid of two more Merseyside derbies next season with a resurgent Everton. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. I just found all the I just found all the the games, the listings, and all that. So maybe we can tweet some of that out over the course of the next <clears> few days. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you guys. Wait a second. You're making a face. I even, no, I don't even. I don't see your game. That's what I'm. Well, I, I also cross verified on the. Oh, YouTube they, TV they, app. they put they put Spurs, not Tottenham. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Sci-fi. Of course. Liverpool on USA. Man City on NBC. Arsenal, Everton on CNBC. Burnley, Newcastle on Golf Channel. Yeah, that is so perfect. Should have put put City on. This is this is the greatest day of the year because Mm -hmm. this is the year every every golf fan tweets out. Why is there why is there soccer golf channel? Yeah, there. Oh, because there's there's the the PGA Championships this weekend, right? That's going on. That Venn diagram is two circles. (laughs) It's got to be except Manny. Yeah, Uh, and me and and Bex. It's a yearly thing. It's it's so funny. It have it's every Fantastic. it's the last it's the last league day of the Premier and they oh because 
the golf channel doesn't even show the tournament. They don't have the rights to the tournament ESPN. And I think CBS do, but people watch the golf channel or they pretend to when mm-hmm. there's something other than golf on the golf. channel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, just... a lot of times on those major Sundays mm-hmm. at 11 AM though, there's like pre coverage on the golf channel. Cause yeah, they're, they're, usually the good players aren't, aren't out yet. So they're allowed, actually, they're allowed to be in there for the early stuff. They just can't, have, they don't have the prime time contracts. Yeah. So yeah, okay, back, to, back to Arsenal uh, and the team they're going to draw against. So five, five nil Arsenal, five nil Arsenal. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> five, five own goals from Pickford. Scott, you're really, you're really, you're really leaning into this. This is kind of gross. <laughs> well, I think Arteta is going to write the ship and um, Ben Brown is going to play well. And um, I think they'll, they'll perform. You just call that me and Ben Brown. He lives in the tanning bed. Have oh you seen him? God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He, he would fit in on um, Jordy Shore. He mm. is another one that's perfect for Arsenal. No substance, all plastic. Rather look good than win. It's perfect. Uh, what's your prediction? Uh, I think Arsenal win. I think Ever- Everton are emotionally spent. Uh, not only just what's been going on the past couple of weeks, but just look at look at what happened today against Crystal Palace, how they won that game, what happened afterwards. I think uh, it can be very emotionally draining because you're, you're, you know, you're on 10 the whole time because you know, if you slip up or if you, you know, you fail, you're, you're going down. So I think there'll be a little bit, they'll play a little looser. Um, Both teams, they don't really have anything to play for. Uh, Everton doesn't, you know, Arsenal is hoping that Spurs slip up, you know, they're another one that don't control their own destiny. So um, I think Arsenal will win and Everton won't give a shit. So, All right. Eric, I think we heard what your prediction was as far as who wins, but I, uh, did you give us a scoreline? No, I didn't, I didn't see anyone. I was like, oh, okay. but, but uh, I go, I'll go with Scott. Five nil, uh, Arsenal. <laughs> no, but seriously, no, no, on a serious note, I, I think Arsenal wins sometimes close one, something like 2 1. I agree with Kyle, who brought up a good point about it, but emotionally spent. They only have so much to go on. It's the last. Last match, Arsenal wants to go on in a bang, you know, and a little high note. So I'm going to go 2 1, Arsenal. I, I also want to say Deli Ali will get a yellow card. One? At least. Yeah. yeah. He, he's he's going to shithouse somebody. Mm-hmm. Probably Jaka. That would be, that, that would turn into two red cards real quick. For Jaka. Real quick. He'd get both. <laughs> the rare double red card. Yeah. <laughs> You're suspended for six months. referee would just throw his little book at him, literally. <laughs> Uh, I don't think it's going to be as spicy as you guys do. I think I legitimately think this is going to be, <clears throat> this is going to kick off the summer of pain for Arsenal. Um, they, they are playing a team that has nothing to play for uh, and they're still going to draw. Uh, when I, you I said that, yeah, I, I imagined like a sword fight with, with wet pasta noodles. <laughs> Literally. That's, that's exactly, that's what, exactly what we're going to see. We are going to see, um, we'll probably see a missed penalty uh, from Arsenal. Uh, we will see at least three sh- uh, should be goals directly over the crossbar. Richardson. Uh, yeah. And both goals will be own goals. And there will be one stone cold penalty on Richarlison, but since he's Richarlison, they won't call it. And just, just to get poetic justice for Arsenal for feeling so aggrieved the last few weeks of penalties, there will be one that doesn't get called for them and it still yeah. won't matter. It still won't matter. Yeah. So oh my one, God, they I say one, one, they have been pissing and moaning about penalties. It's for a conspiracy. Weeks. It's Arsenal a conspiracy. Go crazy. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, it's not on the show sheet, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. Uh, we got two teams uh, fighting for uh, their salvation in the, in the league. Uh, Watford and Norwich have already been relegated. Uh, they will go down at the, uh, after Sunday's match. Uh, but currently Leeds and uh, Burnley are fighting to stay up. Burnley, they are on both on 35 points. Burnley has the advantage of like, I don't know, 17 or 18 goal difference advantage on Leeds are, shambles. Leeds are like negative 38, I think. Or yeah. those Leeds are negative 38. Uh, Burnley are negative 18. So. Negative. Okay. So it's 20 points. All right, and that 20, point and that 20 goal difference was like three matches for Leeds. Yeah, exactly. Um, so <clears throat> both of them have decent opponents. They're both facing decent opponents. So Leeds uh, face Brentford at Brentford. Uh, Burnley are at home against Newcastle, and and after Newcastle, what they did to Arsenal this past Monday, uh, you know that's the Newcastle. Newcastle are fighting for next season. They're not fighting for this season. Their their positions, you know, solidified and and whatnot. So, um, what do we think? What who who stays up? I'll go first. I think no, both. No, not you. I think both teams that are in the relegation zone lose, and I think uh, leads go down. Making Christmas Christian smile miles and miles away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think Burnley loses and Leeds draws. I don't know what that does to anybody. But... Means Leeds. That means Leeds stay up. There you go. Yeah, you right. you get a. They're on the exact same point. So okay. If uh, if one of them gets a point or gets a win, um, it, you know that's what what'll decide it. All right, Leeds stays up. Then. I, I you think you think Leeds beat Brentford? I find draws. that so hard to believe. Oh, he said draw. Even that sounds just feels hard to believe. Brentford are playing really well. They're they're or I just I think they're a lot of fun to watch and they're organized and they're Erickson will make the difference. And I think he might actually stay next season with them. And it's uh, Leeds. I think and and it, right, right. I mean it's it's a I won't say anything bad about Marsh, but hey, Leeds Leeds drew against Brighton one one in the this week. So True. Brent, I think Brentford have a little bit of firepower, but you know, in, in attack that, that I don't think Brighton has. I think they're still kind of dull, but I, I think Brentford easily win that one. And I think Burnley are actually not bad. They're they're very well organized and they're not quite Sean Dyche's Burnley. They're willing to give it a shot in attack, at least. Mm-hmm. And uh Veghorst is terrifying. So mm-hmm. I, I think Burnley win and Brentford. Do you think you win. think they're gonna take down Eddie Howe's surging Newcastle? I, I think it's the same thing you said about Arsenal and Everton. What Newcastle did to Arsenal at home, final match of the season at home, um, I think that was an emotional thing for them. And I don't think they care at all about this one. Okay. Yeah. Leeds go down. I would rather Burnley go down. I'm tired of watching them. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is a tough one for me because, uh, because the matchups are a lot more, more level. You know, usually you get into this and you see one team that's facing a, a monster team and then the other team is facing, quote unquote, a, a cupcake. And and it makes it a whole lot easier to predict. But when they're both both facing teams that probably will beat them, uh, this becomes a little bit more challenging of a prediction. Um, and, and ultimately what it's going to come down is which come down to is which team is willing to give everything that they have on Sunday. Um, unfortunately, I think. I think Burnley are playing playing the better team. I think Bur- I think Newcastle are stronger than Brentford. Um, <clears throat> Newcastle Newcastle are starting to play with some immense confidence, and 
that alone is hard to beat. Now you're, I think Scott's right. Burnley are a good side. Um, uh, their defense is, is very, very solid. Uh, but whether or not Weghorst shows up is going to be a big question. Um, Brentford are a little easier to break down. Leeds um, have been known to be a passionate side. They have been known to play off of their emotions quite a bit. Um, If Daniel James starts, Burnley stay up. Uh. But uh, yeah, in this situation, I'm actually, I'm I'm more, more inclined to agree with Eric. Uh, I think Leeds pull off a draw and uh, and Burnley lose to Newcastle and Leeds stay up on the, on that point. So what's going to be interesting is both teams have to go for it because yes. they're on level points. You know, yes. one of them can't mail it in and just play it safe. Both teams yeah. have to go for it. They have to either both lose or you know they have to, there have to be some sort of points here for Leeds and you know, they need that and Leeds don't play well when they have to go for it because they're already an open side at the back when they're just playing the ball around, you know, then you throw in the mix that they have to go for it. They can't sit rest on their laurels. You know, mm-hmm. they, it, it could get ugly real quick for Leeds. That's the problem. For Leeds. Yeah. Well, you've right. got, you've got Embuemo on the break, Erickson pulling strings and Tony there and also yeah. Brentford, are one of the best sides in the league on set piece attacking set pieces and leads are not good at defending them. I think that's ultimately those two things are, are going to be what does it. It's absolutely fair. Absolutely. fair. It's this, interesting. This literally could go both ways. So that's so, why it's, yeah. I don't know if this was like a, uh, just a Spurs meme or if, or if everybody caught wind of it, but when Erickson was with us, he took every corner and he never beat the first man. Like that was the strategy was to go first man, even if the defender might flick it backwards. Right. And he's still doing the same thing for Brentford. In the last three weeks, what they've started to do is put either Tony or one of their center backs at the front post in front of the front defender. So now they're just flicking on every first ball on corners. It's absolutely terrifying to play them now. Um, and I think they're going to have a lot of corners. I think they'll probably score from one. Good chance. Yeah, it has a very good chance. All right. Well, Championship Sunday comes up. We're, uh, I know all of us are excited to watch. I'm, uh, uh, like I said, I'm going to set up multiple screens. Uh, good. Like half the matches are on Peacock Premium. So, I can pull up in multiple devices and just have mm-hmm. the games running and then have one on the, on the main TV, uh, probably the city game. That's perfect time honest. for mimosas too. Yeah. Right? Like it's going to be yeah. just, 11 a.m. Just pounding some OJ. Yeah. 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 We'll get some drinks going. We'll get it. We'll make it a fun morning. <laughs> oh we'll, we'll live. We'll live tweet it too. Oh yeah. Sassy Sunday. Yeah. Let's do it. Scott's we'll tweets we'll are gonna end up in all caps. Well, no, this spelled. is the best part. We're gonna I'm gonna change the password. I'm gonna change the password so Skiff can't get in. And oh uh, and and then like me and Scott will will handle the Twitter account for the day. It'll be great. Oh my god. <laughs> Pro City right. Let's uh let's close it out with some uh what in the world of football. Eric, what you got for us? Well, here's something great that uh, all of us can get behind. Uh after a while of um just disagreement over the men and the women's uh, national team. They're actually now receiving the equal pay when competing their international matches and competitions. That's something that I think all of us can get behind. And arguably the women's team is probably more popular than the men's team. And they bring in more viewers, I think, and uh, maybe more match revenue. And, and uh, I think it's, like I said, they win more trophies and more things. So it's, I think it's definitely a, uh, a step forward in that direction. And, uh, there's a quote from the Soccer Federation, Cindy Parlo Cohn. She said, it's a really historic moment that will hopefully lead to meaningful changes and progress not only, not only here at home in the U.S., but around the world. And I'm proud of what we achieved together. So they said it's great for the world, and maybe other countries can kind of follow suit and get close, um, 
sexes of football, brains of football on the same, same level. So I think that's great. One of the things that's... It... Go ahead, Kyle. Yeah. I think it's disgusting <clears throat> that the men think they should be paid as much as the women. Oh. <laughs> Why don't you have the a take? Men, <laughs> the men suck. <laughs> the fact that the women have been making less than the men for as long as they have is mm-hmm. a travesty. How is this going to work? Is it is it like pooled revenue split 50 50? Is that what they're going to do? This is, yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to kind of expound yeah. upon. So, um, what this agreement says is that, uh, for the for the, the duration of this this agreement, which goes through I think 2028, um, all World Cup bonuses will be pooled and split uh, essentially 50 50. There's a there's a cut that goes to US soccer, and then everything else is going to be split down the middle, um, between both sides. So, and and part of the reason why this is like so huge, and I think a lot of people miss out on why the women were fighting for you know all this extra money and the the for the upcoming world cups this year and next year the men's prize pool payout is 400 million dollars the women's prize pool payout is 60 million dollars in total so the last place team from the men's world cup automatically makes more money than the champion of the women's world cup right so the so the men will make more than the women because that's probably what's going to happen right Exactly. So, the, so this is part of the this is part of the argument. It's like doing the same job now. FIFA, or, you know, U.S. Soccer can't control how much FIFA pays out. They that they're not. That's not their organization. That's not their business. Um, FIFA chooses that, but <clears throat> the Qatari the, choose that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but for the for the men's and the women's unions and teams to come together and say, yeah, we're going to work together in this, in this situation. We're going to take all the revenues, put it together, split it evenly for these bonuses because the women are doing so well. Um, you know, they, they, they deserve it. And they, the other part that's really, really good about this is uh, in addition to the world cup uh, split is now the pay structure for competing on the men's team and the women's team is exactly the same. They get paid the exact same amount for competing in games, participation, wins, losses, draws, all that kind of stuff. They get a certain amount um, set aside for each, each of those matches. Um, so the women have exactly the same thing as what the men is, is what, and, and that's exactly what they've been asking for the whole time. A lot of people think that they're trying to like siphon money from the men and that's not it. It's just give us the same, you know, deal that you're giving the men. And um, Cindy Parlo Cohn, one of the best parts about her for those who don't know who she is uh, she's a former u.s women's national team player and the fact that she's now the the head uh, of u.s soccer and is was on the side of organizing and <clears throat> structuring these these negotiations it, it it speaks volumes that they were able to come to the table and and both sides agreed and um i i, I love it personally i think it's a, a fantastic thing um one of the things they've said coming out of the meetings is now it truly is one nation, one team. Now the men's and the women's programs can actually support each other instead of thinking of them as, oh, it's a separate entity. And now they can be each other's, you know, number one fans. Moving they're forward. making each other money. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's only beneficial in this regard. So, And the crazy part is the men's team wanted them <clears throat> to be on equal footing. It yep. was the federation that was holding everything up, holding everything back. What's interesting is, unfortunately, and I, I think this this comes at the end of a very successful season for women's football across the, the world. I mean, you've got a record attendance, you've got transfer fees being paid for players like you wouldn't believe. Um, it's it's a kind of a culmination for us on our side of the pond, of course, but 
it's it's a continued momentum for the sport and it's it's a good like women's soccer is fun to watch it's like i I don't love women's basketball i i love softball like some of these i like some of them i don't but women's football is very fun to watch and um and i i think it's a great thing um but i it's obviously long overdue but uh yeah I, i think it's good news overall completely absolutely absolutely so um one of the things i like i I teach about this stuff. So it's always fun. But one of the things I, I was able to tell my class about this was uh, this now puts uh, our international competition in soccer alongside tennis and surfing as the, the only two major professional competitions that pay men and women on an equal footing, which is pretty awesome. Well, you know what? And, th- and still kind of sad. Sad. Yeah. But it's, it, it's a, a huge step forward. And oh yeah. For it yeah, to yeah, be in soccer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, the disappointing thing is that um, in a lot of the cases, if not every case, um, the the payouts that the women's team members get is significantly higher than what they would get from the sport elsewhere, right? And then on the men's side, it's the opposite. Even like the shittiest of shitty who make the roster. And they're, they're, I mean, the level is increasing. There's more and more players in Europe for the men's team, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, whatever they would get from the tournament is nothing compared to what they're going to get paid from their Mm-hmm. So it's it's just there's still wood to chop for sure, but it is an absolute huge step um, yeah. for the big the it's the biggest women's team in in, in the world, mm-hmm. um, regardless of competition. Yep. So fully agree, fully agree. So well, I'd say uh, I appreciate that, Eric. That's a really really high note to end on uh, for this evening. Uh, our last this is our last regular season podcast. Uh, we will obviously uh, uh, meet again and, and record next week to recap everything and then also talk about the uh, the Champions League final which uh, Real Madrid and some other team are playing in and it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Soft side um, emerges side. That's right. <laughs> all right, thanks everybody for joining us tonight and we will see you all next week.